friends, if you've ever injured your ribs, you know that it can be a particularly challenging area of the body to treat. I want you to join me today. I have Dr. James on, who is fresh or deep in the process of healing from a rib injury that occurred during a snowboarding adventure. Dr. James, welcome. How you doing, man? Doing all right. I mean, minus the rib, but I mean, life is good. Just steadily uh, going through this process, you know, the rehab process, the recovery process, taking things slow, um, but improving. And it's kind of nice being in this field and knowing what to do. So I have that whole knowledge, but now I get to use myself as a subject, which is great. Absolutely. Well, you can, you can share some wisdom with us today. So you tell us what happened. I mean, lots of different ways you can injure ribs. Uh, why don't you kind of give us different types of rib injuries that we're going to get in today. We're going to talk about, and there's some unique things about the ribs when they're hurt versus other stuff. So I think you have a lot of insights to share just on this, this rib area, but tell us what happened. How did you, was it a fall? Did you crash into a tree? Did you fall off a mountain? Fall? What happened? <laughs> there's the tree involved. Um, so I was with some buddies up at Mission Ridge, um, and it wasn't like the best day, but there was some powder hidden in the trees, and I'm a pretty confident rider. So I was exploring and trying to chase the powder a little bit too much maybe and a little bit of distraction from my friends that I was riding with. I've been riding solo a lot this year and had some buddies and was kind of had my head on a swivel the whole time we were riding. So basically we were going through the trees. I hopped off this little like, boulder is kind of just a little drop kind of washed out and I knew my buddy was going to be behind me doing the same thing so I popped up really quick um looked to my right and like saw my saw where I wanted to go there's a little little clearing right between two trees turned around to look at my buddy to see him do the same thing that I just did um and by the time I looked back to the right and had gathered a little bit of speed not I wasn't going too fast but I just, that trajectory changed, and there's a tree about the size of a telephone pole. Um, yeah, and I didn't have time to turn or move, so we decided, me and myself and I, uh, to just kind of brace for that impact, put my elbow into my side, and hit it pretty straight on. So hit, like, my right shoulder um, outside of my arm and, like, my hip, but then my elbow from that impact dug into my side, and kind of crunched my ribs and immediately upon that impact I felt and kind of heard just like a crunch um not like a real loud pop but enough kind of like if you take like a a fresh twig or branch that's still green and not completely dead or dried out and you bend it and it felt just kind of like that that break not a clean break but just like and I was like ooh. I was worried right away, and I was like, well, I think my arm and my leg are going to be fine, but that rib, I was really worried about that rib, and laid there for a while. Um, they didn't have to call ski patrol or anything. Ended up finishing the run, and I was like, okay, we'll try one more, of course, right? Um, went back up, <laughs> came, and then on the way down that second run, I like turned to my friends. I was like, I'm done. If you guys want to keep riding, you can go for it. Um, but it was about that time in the afternoon where everyone was pretty satisfied with the day. So we called it a day and yeah, the, it was a pretty immediate pain for the rest of the day. I iced it right away um, just to kind of reduce the amount of swelling that would be there. Um, not saying swelling is bad at all. We definitely want swelling in that initial healing process just to kind of start, kickstart that healing process, um, clear out all that like debris. Um, 
So, but I just wanted to reduce the the amount that would be there. So I sit for like 24 hours, and then Sunday came and the rest of the week came. And that first week was was pretty brutal. Um, yeah, it's crazy how fast accidents <laughs> like that happen. You know, whenever you injure yourself, uh, it's just always shocking. You know, one minute everything's going, you know, everything's great, you're fine, and then in just a moment where either a lapse of attention or something, you know, in your environment or whatever causes that little, that little gap in awareness or the, the accident kind of zone to happen. Uh, and then you find yourself injured, you know, and, um, and then you're dealing with the, the, the injury. Right. So, uh, sorry to hear that, that that happened. That's always a bummer. That's our, I guess this over the course of the last six months, we've had <laughs> two of our beautiful head to toe doctors here, uh, Hurt on the slopes. It's just part of what yeah. happens on the slope. It's part of the adventure. A little risk reward. It's a little know? risk reward. Yeah. It's just part of those 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 sports. That's just what you have to be prepared for. So, all right. So you so like many many injuries, you feel or sense something happen, mm-hmm. and sometimes you then have immediate feedback like swelling, inflammation, intense pain, whatever. Yeah. That's like definitely her. Other times you don't. Yes. And it's harder to tell, you know, so in, but in this case, that next day or two. It was probably that night. Yeah. I mean, immediate, pretty immediate pain. And that's, that's how I knew something was going on. Um, at least like a pretty gnarly, like sprain or strain of that rib or, or a break. Um, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is just those different kind of rib injuries and, how to manage them and how similar all that management is. Uh, this is my second time through a rib injury. I, I had one back in high school where I actually separated a rib. Um, and this felt different than that, um, just the location and the quality of pain. So that separation was definitely more of a achy, dull, muscly pain um, along that like costal cartilage um basically that rib cartilage in the front. So along that line, along that connection, um, this was more on the side, sharp pain um, that I hadn't experienced before. And that's why like I was, I'm leaning towards it was broken versus like a sprain or a strain or anything like that, just based on the quality and the location. Um, Regardless though, um, as I have, been treating patients over the last few weeks. I, get, I keep getting asked, like, did you get an x-ray? Did you get an x-ray? And the answer is no. Um, because regardless if it is a sprain or a strain or a separation or a dislocation or a break, with my knowledge that I have, I know that that treatment and the management isn't going to change as far as what I'm doing. Now, if you were to walk in to the clinic with a rib injury and you had pain with coughing and sneezing and maybe some deep breathing, you know, automatically that those are all indicators that, okay, definitely something's going on with the rib. Um, and based on the mechanism of injury, I would give the option to the patient whether or not they would want to get an x-ray. Was it going to change the way I manage it? No. But for some people, that peace of mind to know if it is or not, broken can help speed along that process and just give them some comfort um, so they know those next steps forward, know if they can push it a little bit harder or if they should really kind of baby it, be careful and not, you know, take another fall or get some impact into that. Yeah, I, I would think that for many people, just some of that data point informs 
the stuff you're going to do on the day-to-day basis. Maybe your activity, maybe your work might be impacted. And so you might want to know, but it's interesting because I guess that's counterintuitive for many of us. We think about a broken bone. We immediately think about some kind of a casting process or kind of a setting process or whatever. So what's, what's different, I guess, about the ribs? Well, it's middle of your body. It's your core. It's your rib cage. Um, you can't really cast a rib. That's, unless that's, you cast your like, the whole Unless you cast torso. the whole torso, right? So you can do some like taping. You could do K-tape or some just like athletic white tape to possibly help um, minimize some movement or at least if it is like separated or dislocated, like help keep it a little bit in place. For that break though, um, or that strain, really it's just, just kind of rest and avoid those aggravating movements which in the beginning is pretty much everything you don't really realize how involved your ribs are in your day-to-day movements until you have a rib injury sitting up standing walking picking things up off the ground rolling over in bed rolling, getting yeah. something out of the cupboard laughing coughing yeah, yeah. reaching in front Breathing, of you everything um, yeah that that first week of work i you know we got a couple injuries in the office already so i i toughed it out a little bit and it was brutal i had to definitely changed the way I treated patients. Um, wasn't able to do a lot of like A to P kind of thoracic adjustments. Still have not ventured into that yet. Um, a lot of like my thrusts were a little weaker than normal. Um, wasn't able to get as much like impulse and like force through that. Um, but still was able to treat and like provide a lot of relief for a lot of people. But I definitely had to scale it, scale it back and like get creative. So yeah, what about so from a so from a treatment standpoint, you mentioned that you know regardless of what your rib issue might be that you're dealing with, treatment's going to look pretty similar just because of its placement, because of the fact that it's not going to get cast like a traditional maybe break or fracture or even a strain. Definitely. So yeah, talk to us a little bit. What does treatment look look like? I mean, are are we talking? You mentioned ice in the beginning, but like yeah. let's take us through kind of the treatment protocol. So what I've been doing that first week, I mean, I was. Hopped up on ibuprofen, you know, and Tylenol, taking at least 1,000 milligrams daily of both um, just to get through the day and handle that pain. So some pain relievers, um, that helped me navigate my my life. As far as active treatment and recovery, I iced that first day just to minimize the amount of swelling. I wanted swelling there, but I didn't want too much. And also it was painful. So again, just as that numbing agent, I iced it for the first 24 hours. Going into that second day, I looked at the area that was impacted and I didn't see any bruising. I knew there was an injury there, but there was no bruising. There was no real visible swelling either. Um, So I have some cups at home and I cupped myself along that that rib and surrounding area. And it was painful. It hurt, Uh, but I wanted to. I wanted to create that bruising. I wanted to create a little bit more inflammation and I wanted to create that inflammatory response so that my body could recognize that as an area that needs to heal. So that's what I did right off the bat, was just create that tissue injury. Um, Even though it was there, it was a little deeper, but I wanted to kind of create more superficially as well. Following that, um, we have laser in our office, which is super effective for like acute and chronic injuries. So I lasered my ribs as often as I could throughout the week. And I still am even to this day, like over this last three weeks, like any chance I get, I'll pop into a room and just four minutes at a time or even longer, 
just laser along that line, even up into the pec a little bit. And what I realized is that's like helping to facilitate a lot of the recovery and speed up things because it's increasing blood flow, decreasing some of those muscle spasms and reducing inflammation. Again, like not knocking inflammation at all. It's, it's good. It's good. It's when it's chronic, it becomes an issue. But in this stage where I have an acute injury, I want that, I want that there. But I just want it to be circulating as, as often as it can be. So that's what it's looked like for for me as far as like kind of like more passive uh, treatment. I have not been adjusted yet. Um, I had Dr. Ashley work on me like that first week. And I think it was a little too early. I wasn't even able to lay face down on the table. Putting pressure on the ribs was really painful. She did a couple of muscle releases uh, around pec and serratus and some of those surrounding muscles that are kind of connecting to those ribs. And I think because it was so acute and guarded, releasing those muscles caused me a little bit of a flare-up that day. So I think it was just too early in my recovery to get treated. Um, And I haven't been adjusted yet, but I'm really looking forward to that. Possibly next week, I wanted to at least give it um, a couple weeks just in case it was broken um, before we go and get like an HVLA. So a high velocity, low amplitude adjustment through probably my like thoracic spine, mid back and those ribs just to get some movement in there. Yeah. And so this is where really we, how we approach things when a person comes in, a patient comes in with, with an injury is how kind of the same experience you went through. It's very personalized, right? Where we're looking at, you know, out of you know, based on how the injury is presenting, based on all the data points we have, you know, what are really the combination of treatment types that are appropriate for the timing and the stage of healing that we're in, you know? So this is an example where uh, getting in there initially with, with Ashley doing some, uh, some releases and in in some muscle action, it was like, okay, we need to back that off. And we yeah. need to, we need, what we need to do is dial into stuff like the laser therapy or whatnot a little bit more passive, yep. allow that healing process. Really, we're just trying to speed the healing process up without doing too much manual therapy. Yeah. Getting you ready then to kind of reintegrate into some more manual therapy to get things realigned, get things kind of synced up. Definitely. And then kind of at that now appropriate. And that's why we like to break the healing journey up into stages where we talk about, you know, okay, what we need to do is do some repair, then restore, and then we, we need to rebuild, right? And the, the types of treatments that we're doing at different periods of time will change based on what the body can handle and kind of moving you down that healing pathway back to where, you know, you have that form, you have that function, and now you're at a spot where you can start to rebuild strength. Definitely. And I think even from day one, uh, I was moving as often as I could and as much as I could, like pain-free-ish, um, trying to avoid any movements that were sharp and stabby, but still like getting as much rotation in through my mid back, getting as much like flexion and extension in kind of opening up those ribs. Um, it was all painful in the beginning, but it was what I could tolerate. And I knew movement is good because whenever we're moving the body, we're hydrating those tissues, we're getting blood flow. Um, we're just, again, helping facilitate that healing process. Things I tried to avoid were sneezing and coughing i'm not a cougher so that was pretty easy but i do love sneezing and that (laughs) i don't think everyone's the same uh as me on that aspect but man i enjoy a sneeze and having to hold those back was was tough and it was sad (laughs) but it was worth it because 
sneezing is probably the worst thing I've felt in a long time um, as far as just stabbing pain right in that rib. So anytime I had the impulse or the feeling that I needed to sneeze, it's just trying to fight it off and fend it off. And if I did, if I couldn't, then I would try to like brace with like my hands or if I had a pillow to hold, you know, hold that pillow over those ribs just to kind of blunt the impact of that increase in pressure. Um, it was tough, but at the same time, like movement as much as I could. And that first week, like deep breaths hurt, but I knew that if it was broken, I wanted that rib to, I wanted to keep that expansion in my lungs and that expansion of my ribs. So I would, I was purposefully like taking these deep inhalations, working on that rib expansion so that I wouldn't lose that mobility um, as it's healing. So it's a little little bit of pain, but like knowing that that pain is okay and I'm not making anything worse, which is another piece is that that educational piece, which is why it's so important to get into a place like like us um, or somewhere else where that you can gather that knowledge and know that, yes, you are injured, you're hurt, you know, you hit a tree, you fell, but having that pain doesn't necessarily mean that you're making things worse. It's just kind of a part of the journey. That's powerful. That's powerful insight, powerful knowledge about the healing process. Because I think a mistake sometimes what people will do is to your point around emphasizing movement, they will under move and inadvertently, and they will not get help. So they'll just let things heal by doing absolutely nothing. And sometimes that's, that's the worst thing you can do because it will, the body can ossify. It can kind of get stuck in this spot, right? And it can actually lengthen the healing process or put you in a spot where later down the road, we're talking months or years later. Now you have, you have this limited function or mobility. You have a chronic issue because at the time it didn't get the proper treatment, the freight framework, and then the right amount of movement to actually allow it to heal back up to a hundred percent. Yeah. And then you, I mean, let's talk, I mean, we could probably have a whole episode about pain and just kind of the biopsychosocial factors surrounding that. But yeah, you know, you could have, that could lead to fear avoidant behaviors, um, just fear around movement in general, because the last time you did that, it hurt. So now you don't want to move like that again. Um, and then, yeah, you know, years down the line, you're like, well, you know, three years ago I broke my rib or I did this and it really hurt and I haven't done it since. Um, which is why it's so important. Just like, you know, it's the old adage of like, you know, you fall off the horse, you got to get back on it and not be afraid, um, to, to experience a little bit of discomfort. Um, but it's like trying to avoid the sharp pain, dull, achy, manageable, tolerable pain. It's, it's, I don't want to use the word healthy, but it is, it is it's acceptable. It's acceptable. It's, it's acceptable yeah. in the healing journey. Exactly. And that's, you know, what we try to do here is help provide some framework and some education and help you self-assess yes. and understand, you know, what the different pain is trying to tell you yeah. and how to deal with it appropriately and move appropriately, which is, you know, which is why we're just so big on personalized programs here and personalized healing journeys. Yeah. So, man, James, thank you for sharing the story. Thanks for framing it up. It's um, really helpful. I mean, great conversation around pain, around mindset, around injury treatment plans, you know, around how you handle something like a rib or an area that just impacts every part of your life really in different ways to go about that. So we're of course wishing you a continued recovery, speedy recovery, 
and uh, look forward to hear from you in the future when you're fully on the other side of it, 100% back up um, and offer us any additional insights you have on how to heal and how to get back in the saddle as quickly as possible and push yourself through some of that discomfort and pain so you can get to that place where you're 100%, 100% back to where you want to be. Definitely, yeah. No, thanks for having me, Barry. Awesome, man. Chat later. Until then, remember, movement is the best medicine.